bumping the microphone here. <clears throat> Welcome to the Dr. Doom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. Um, this is not a fun topic, and I'm hoping that this gets very few listens. Really hoping that nobody listens to it at all, ever. And then I'll feel like things are great. Now, it, it could just be the depression talking, obviously. But <clears throat> lately, I've been pretty concerned about nuclear war. <laughs> where the world is headed and and you know look i'm i'm very pro ukraine i don't need to even i i can't imagine not being unless you're being fed russian propaganda or whatever um and it's not that ukraine is a perfect country or whatever but they certainly don't deserve what's happened to them but every time i see them making gains like right now they're really making a lot of gains on the battlefield and a lot of that's secondary to sort of western technology And after Putin kind of said that he was annexing these four regions and that they were now part of Russia and that any, you know, attack on Russian territory gives him the green light to uh, drop a nuclear weapon. I've been kind of uh, shitting my pants just a little bit. I work with uh, radiation every day. I've seen people with radiation sickness. It's awful. Um, And, uh, yeah, not just, it's it's just like, I know people like Putin, not <laughs> not as powerful as Putin, <clears throat> but I know that personality type of the little man who always has to prove how big and tough he is at any cost, <clears throat> and that sort of psychopathic tendency that this person always has to win, no matter what, he has to show that he's strong and winning, and if it means ending the world, as long as he ends it as the, you know, the most important person in history, because I'm the one who ended the human race. Well, that's fine with people like that, right? They're, they just want to be important. I, it's, it's a sociopathic, narcissistic behavior. And uh, anyway, <clears throat> none of this is supposed to get political. I don't really, I just, I, I really, you know, I never was a fan, <laughs> but I, you know, we could tolerate the guy. Um, because I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of uh, our prime minister either. And he's like also a jackass on the opposite end of the spectrum. But you know what I mean? Like it, I just, people in power, people who want to be in power should be automatically excluded from being given any. Just my point of view. Um, I got to have a sip here because I'm <clears throat> obviously, my, there's something going on in my voice. <coughs> Sorry. Anyway, what uh, what I wanted to talk about is sort of preparedness. Um, I'm hoping it never comes up, but, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been kind of preparing a little bit. We don't live in what I would consider like a target zone. <laughs> We're not in a big um, metropolitan center. But uh, there is a oil refinery and that kind of thing. There's some major infrastructure here. And uh, when there was an attack on the Nord Stream uh, pipeline, now I and I know I have no idea who did that. I, I'm not pretending I do, but it does raise the concern that civilian infrastructure is now part of the battlefield, right? And uh, so I, I do think about things like, well, could could something like this happen in our city? And uh, if not in our city, could it happen somewhere with the prevailing winds bringing fallout to our city? And uh, these are just the kinds of things I think about as I'm trying to get to sleep and failing. But anyway, 
here's here's my take on it here's my emergency preparedness take and uh again hopefully you never have to use any of this but uh if you're like me if you're a warrior um you know it never hurts to be prepared it's like the cub scouts right I, i did i was a cub scout boy scout uh hope for the best prepare for the worst <laughs> so i'm kind of slowly preparing so the first thing i got uh was a uh, geiger counter um they're not super expensive you can get them on amazon um what what you want to do basically <clears throat> sorry good lord i only read the counts per minute background radiation you're looking at like normally maybe eight counts per minute eight to 15 counts per minute i suppose um when you think of places like Chernobyl after the uh, reactor exploded, I'm trying to go for like the most dramatic example that you can uh, that you can go for. So around the town of Chernobyl, you're going to get a higher count than that. I'm just going to look it up here for example. Um, CPM town Chernobyl. I know this is fascinating listening. Um, ah, it's god damn, it's not. Uh, it's not going to make it easy to find. One sec. All right. So radiation levels now in Chernobyl. Um, oh, they, they're all talking in sieverts, which, um, I mean, Renkins and sieverts are the actual uh, radiation doses that we sort of follow uh, you know, clinically, <clears throat> but for the general public, I think counts per minute is going to be your easiest, your easiest, uh, way of following things. Anyway, the whole point is that, you know, if you're upwards of, um, say like 200 counts per minute, that's a pretty scary place to be. If you're, you know, in the, uh, 20 to 50, 60 range, uh, uh it's not ideal, but if it's the best you can do, I wouldn't panic. I would say, um, speaking as somebody who stands beside an x-ray machine and gets a massive dose of radiation every year, year after year, uh, you know, I've been doing that for over a decade, knock on wood. I still haven't had a malignancy, but I haven't had any, you know, acute radiation symptoms from that. Um, and a lot of people like, you got to understand like Chernobyl was terrifying. Um, and it was really scary for anybody who was handling like directly handling stuff that came out of the reactors obviously the firemen and that kind of thing they they had acute radiation poisoning and died of it but um you know there's a the further you get back from um an acute radiation event there's an inverse square law so say you have a radioactive source a piece of rock or whatever that's uh, radioactive and you the if you step back um you know two times uh, the distance gives you four times the protection so um, you know, people survived. It's, it's not universally fatal. So I think the, the first point here is don't panic, you know, get your Geiger counter, um, and then, uh, make judicious use of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, use it to check your food, check your water supply, that kind of thing. But, um, you don't need to live in absolute panic if you're not, you know, directly exposed. <clears throat> The second thing is if, if, uh, if the bombs go off, get inside, ideally you want to be in a basement, uh, concrete walls are best. Um, you know, if you're within the blast zone, I don't know what to tell you. I think you're pretty much dead, (laughs) but if you're outside of the blast zone, um, 
you've got about 15 minutes to get inside and uh after 15 minutes the radioactive dust starts coming down and that comes down for at least 24 hours so you're going to get inside you're going to plan to spend 24 hours wherever you are like lower level of a parking garage the basement of your office building whatever it is and don't open the window to give yourself a fresh breeze it's uh you're just going to have to survive it it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to be terrifying it's going to be awful you're going to be pooping and peeing in front of other people or in corner or whatever but you just have to get through that and uh, sort of mentally prepare yourself for the the idea that that might happen now i'm not saying i'm not saying to live in fear of this happening i'm just saying be prepared these are the kinds of things you're gonna have to do if it if it does happen um after 24 hours you know they talk about having the hand crank radio and all that stuff and i i have one in case it happens when i'm at home (laughs) but um i don't take one to work with me because i'm not crazy I, i i'm just gonna do the best i can and and i think that's the right attitude just do the best you can um after 24 hours you know if you have the radio listen in see when it's safe people will probably hopefully tell you when it's safe if you don't have a geiger counter um to to get out and uh and and get out of the blast zone but uh you know i i don't i don't know obviously i've never lived through this but um something that is a good idea would be to have some stuff ready at your house because after 24 hours you might come home from wherever you had to hunker down for the first day or two um but there's still fallout there's still radioactive ash and dust and everything else all around and you want to be mostly living indoors in your basement for i would say weeks right until un- until things have uh, stabilized uh and the dust is not uh, going to be kicked up every time you go outside and that kind of thing and it's always going to be there like this stuff has a half-life of millions of years it's not like, it's not like this is going to be a problem that just instantly goes away but as uh, particulate matter stabilizes it becomes easier to navigate it so some tips for being in in living in your house after something like this or living in your apartment so shoes uh, i would not bring them inside if you have kids at home i would not bring anything inside that the kids can put in their mouths right because one of the ways that people got acute radiation poisoning in chernobyl was getting that dust that radioactive dust in their like in their mouth inhaling it or uh letting it get into their aerodigestive tract you don't want to do that obviously but uh but that's uh you know that's just one of those one of those things so uh shoes i would keep them outside if somebody steals your shoes well i I don't know you know hopefully society isn't going to collapse um but it might it it might for a while it might be unstable but there are just some risks i wouldn't take i wouldn't bring in outerwear in into your home um you know or if at least if you do have a contaminated closet or somewhere that you keep stuff that you consider unsafe um when you come inside from outside immediately go wash get any dust any stuff that you might have picked up outside off your body that's assuming your water is not radioactive and i don't i don't know if they're going after water supplies it's again these things all change but uh you know that's just this sounds like a crazy person i'm not a i'm not a real prepper here this has just been like my lifelong 
biggest fear. I read all these books when I was a kid about like, you know, post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> and so I've been thinking about this a lot and, and doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of research with it as well. So anyway, yeah, take your clothes off, um, and, uh, and wash them, um, you know, and don't, uh, uh, don't bring anything from outside inside. Keep your pets inside, uh, if you can, right? If the dog has to pee in a corner or whatever, you're just going to have to deal with the dog mess, uh, cause the dog's going to go out. They don't understand. They're going to get radioactive stuff in their fur and bring it back in. Uh, so yeah, if you can keep your pets inside, do it. Um, so stuff, stuff to have on hand. Um, we talked about Geiger counter. Good to have some bottled water. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would assume, I would assume water is going to be okay because wells are underground, right? But just, um, you know, if you're not on a well, if you're on a city reservoir or whatever, probably good to have at least some bottled water. Um, assume that things are going to get, um, disrupted. Like assume you're not going to have any internet access. So maybe do a little bit of reading, you know, in period of calmness, <laughs> that way you'll kind of have uh, some background knowledge about this stuff. Um, canned food. Like I have, um, some canned chili, canned soup. I don't have like a year's worth and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not planning to live in a bunker. Um, but I have, you know, I have enough that our family could probably get through a week on it because, uh, you never know. Like you may not be able to get, um, to gro- like groceries might be a thing of the past for months at a time <laughs> until, until things settle. Um, always good to know some escape routes that don't involve like bridges, that kind of thing. You never know what you're going to be up against, but like, to me, I would say the countryside is probably a safer place to be. Uh, so once things have settled down, probably good to be able to get out of the urban environment and into the uh, countryside. Um, what else? Well, you know, some things are easy to uh, some things are easy to keep stored. Like there, you can buy um, calorically dense granola bar type things. They actually make them, actually, I think they make them in Canada and they're, uh, they're like a biscuit, like a meal ready to eat thing, but it's, it's just made of a biscuit. I think you have to mix it with water even just to neck it down. It's so dry, but, uh, but I think they have like 600 calories each or something like that, but you could just have protein bars, just have something, you know, just a little emergency supply just in case. So, um, yeah, that's it. I mean, always good to have batteries and stuff too. But the big thing I wanted to talk about was just that first, that first day after it happens, if it happens, just don't go outside at least for 24 hours, let things settle down. And, you know, if even one person listens to this and all this goes down and, uh, it's, uh, saved somebody from getting sick, then I've done my doctorly duty. Well, that's a fucking depressing podcast. I, uh, Oh, here's, here's a note to leave everyone on, you know, whether society collapses or stays together, if something like this happens, it's it's up to us. So I would put the most important thing is to be kind to people. Um, you know, that doesn't mean roll over for them, but it does mean, you know, if people are starving, share what you got, if, if you have any, 
because um, it could be you next. And that's it. Well, stay safe, everyone. Hopefully it doesn't all come down on us. Hopefully this all gets sorted out. They have some sort of diplomatic solution. Putin gets his off-ramp. Ukraine's happy. They get to keep everything they want. Putin gets to feel like a big man. and They don't start a nuclear war. But, like I said, don't trust people like that. Anyway, um, you know, be kind. Be gentle. Help your neighbors. Help help strangers. And uh, this too shall pass. You know, this is that we talk about the end of the world Armageddon and all that stuff it won't be people will keep there will still be people don't turn into raiding bands of cannibals just help each other out you know farm together find some uh, safe places to rebuild and rebuild and uh, yeah take care of one another alright I'm not going to give you my usual sign off because I can't even remember it it's been so long sorry for the depressing podcast Hopefully it doesn't help anyone. See ya.